Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Monday to you. It's Monday, November the 4th. I'm coming to you guys from my hotel room in downtown Phoenix. Believe it or not, <laughs> I had to turn up the heat in the hotel room. I don't know if I'm getting old. I'm not that old. But I don't know what it is. It's uh, it's uncustomary cold here this morning. So I had to, like, turn up the heat, which sounds crazy to be in the desert turning up the heat. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to be here. You know, not only do the Sixers play the Phoenix Suns tonight, the Sixers, as you guys know, are the league's only or the Eastern Conference only undefeated team. Well, they're the league's only undefeated team. They're five and up. They're off to their best start since the 2000-2001 season um, when the Sixers won 10 straight and they ended up going to the uh, NBA Finals, losing to the Lakers back then. But um, this is a big game. You know, right now, Phoenix has been one of the surprise teams in the NBA. I mean, surprise. I mean, Phoenix is 4-2 and two under Monty Williams. I mean, Phoenix, you might as well say that they're the Sixers West. You know, we all know that Monty Williams was a head coach before. So you can't really give the Sixers a lot of credit for his success, you know. You talk to people, they're going to say, oh, yeah, one of our former guys. Yeah, true. But he was there for a year when he was getting back into coaching. You know, Monty Williams was a coach who had success in New Orleans. You know, Monty Williams was a player for the Sixers. He played for um, the Spurs. He was a member of the Spurs coaching staff. He was a member of the Spurs front front office. You know, but then not only Monty, you know, it has ties to the Sixers with this Phoenix squad. You got Dario Saric. Yes, Dario, the guy who, you know, when he first came into the league, a lot of people thought he was going to be one of the cornerstones of the Sixers. Well, the beginning of last year, the Sixers shipped him and Robert Covington to Minnesota for the Jimmy Butler deal, to get Jimmy Butler. Well, Dario didn't do much last year with Minnesota. He ended up in gets traded to Phoenix, and he's playing well. The guy is really playing well. But in in, a, in, a, in addition to him, there's several other guys on the coaching staff who um, who have ties to the Sixers. So, talking about the Phoenix Suns. So, it's, it's going to be, I'm not going to say a homecoming, but it's going to be a reunion, a reunion of sorts of guys you know, saying, hey, what's up? How you been? How's your mom? Great seeing you. Okay, da-da-da, and all that other stuff that they do. But um, the Sixers, let's talk about how the Sixers have been playing. Sixers have been balling, y'all. And the Sixers have basically exceeded my expectations early on. Now, as you all know, and I tell everybody this, I have the Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the Eastern Conference. It could change. I 
think it will change. But until the Sixers make the necessarily necessary roster move that I think they need to make, I have them coming out. I have the Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the East. Now, again, I think the Sixers will make that move. However, the way that the 76ers have been playing as of late has me thinking, Pompey, you're going to be wrong even if they don't make that move. Thinking that a little slightly, slightly. And what I'm saying is a guy like Furkan Korkmaz, who stepped up in the minutes that he received late in the game against the Portland Trailblazers on Saturday. For y'all who don't know, for y'all who've been living under a rock, for y'all who've been consumed with Sunday football, for, for those of you who probably were in Europe, for those of you who didn't pay your cable bill or something, didn't pay your, uh, your phone bill, and you just couldn't see the endless highlights of Furkan Korkmaz's shot, Furk stepped up huge. He drained a three-pointer that was the eventual game winner against the Phoenix, not the Phoenix Suns, against the Portland Trailblazers on Saturday night to give the Sixers a 129-128 lead. Now, y'all, this was a game that the Sixers did not lead until with five minutes left in the game when Ben Simmons hit a pair of foul shots. This was a game that the Sixers were down 21 points at one point in the third quarter. This was a game that the Sixers played without their best player, Joel Embiid. But I'm here to tell you, they showed me a lot. Not just me. They showed people in Portland a lot. It was one of those things where, you know, I was talking to people after the game, and they said, hey, this team reminds me of one of the great teams of the NBA to where they can come out and you look at them and you're saying to yourself, how is this team in this game? They're not playing well. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. And then soon when the fourth quarter comes, the horses become the horses. The, the key players become key to show you why they're key players. And that has been the Sixers all season. But when you go back to a guy like Furkan Korkmaz, who's able to make big shots and who's getting confidence, and let's let's tell it, let's be real. Furkan has been telling us for years that I'm built for this moment. He just hasn't been getting opportunities. And part of the reason he hasn't been getting opportunities is because of his defense. His defense was shabby. And Brett Brown, unless you're a superstar, Brett Brown ain't trying to play you unless you bring that defensive energy. Furk had two steals, no, two blocks in Saturday's games. Now, some people may say, okay, he's in front of people. It's a defensive mismatch. But he still had two blocks. 
So that tells you he never gave up. He was he was providing effort. He was doing what he had to do. And he was rewarded with late minutes in a closeout situation. And he rewarded the Sixers for giving them that opportunity. So again, I believe in my heart that the Sixers still need a closer veteran guy. But I'm telling you, I'm sticking with that because that's what I said in the beginning of the year. But if they can develop Perkin a little bit more, maybe he can assume that role. I'm telling you, his teammates are behind him. They all have faith in him. And they all want him to excel. You know? So we'll see. But again, they may have to bring in somebody else. But Lord knows, Furkan is taking advantage of this opportunity. Now, let's not get it twisted. There are going to be times when Furkan is going to struggle. And they're same people who said, oh, he's great. He's great. Are probably going to be some of the same people saying, trade him, get him out of here, get him out of here. But listen, he's shown to me that he's capable of getting these minutes and producing. He has. He's still a young player, third-year guy who's been injured both of each of his previous two seasons. So he doesn't have a lot of on-court time that you would think most third-year players have. But I'm here to tell you, Furkan is, is showing that he can do it. Now, again, if you can go out there and let's say you keep Furk, but you could go out there and get like a Jamal Crawford type or something like that, a guy who can be a scorer, that's, that's true. But now you see why the Sixers want to develop their young talent to see what they can do. And uh, Ferk is taking advantage of what he's been given. All right, y'all, in this second segment, is, is I want to talk about some of the things that make the Sixers so good right now, right? So if you look at the Sixers for rebounding. You know, we talked about their height. We talked about how big they are. And, you know, it's one of those things where they, they're 5-0. Joel Embiid has only played in two games. As you guys know, he's going to serve his second game suspension tonight for getting into a fight with um, Carl Anthony Towns last week. So he will not play against the Phoenix Suns tonight. But still, the Sixers right now rank fourth in the NBA in rebounding, right? They average 50.2 rebounds per game. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets are tied atop the league in rebounds at 50.7. The San Antonio Spurs are third at 50.3. So the Sixers are right there. Right? And then we talk about assists per game. 
The Sixers are, again, one of the most unselfish teams in the league. You know, it's funny how that stuff works out. I remember when Brett Brown first came here and they would play the Spurs and you would see how the Spurs would whip that ball around. I mean, everybody would get touches. It was just, it was it was something masterful to see. And he used to always talk about how he wanted to get that. And you're looking at the guys on the roster and you're saying, wow, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, wow, let's see if this coach is going to be around long enough for them to get good players to do that. And now you look at it and they're always there. Now, the New Orleans Pelicans are killing it with assists per game. They average 29.7 assists. And then you have the Phoenix Suns. So this should be a pretty interesting game. Now, again, remember what I said about Monty Williams? He comes from the Spurs organization. You know, he was in the front office. He was a player. He was a, um, a coach, you know, back there, back in the day. Um, actually, he, he was one of Brett Brown's assistants in the player development department. But the Phoenix Suns are averaging 28.3 assists per game. That's impressive. And then you have the Sixers at 27-2, the Miami Heat at 27, right? Defense. The Sixers pride themselves on defense, right? They pride themselves on defense. And they're a big team, powerful team, intimidating team on a defensive end with their size. So when we go to blocks per game, you have the L.A. Lakers averaging 8.2 blocks per game. And then after that, you have the Miami Heat and the Sixers tied for second at seven blocks per game, right? But here's the stat that, that really stands out. And this is the stat that where the Sixers are by far the best in the league. And this stat is steals. The Sixers average an NBA best. 11.4 steals per game. The second best team in the league is the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they're at 10.8. You have the Miami Heat at 10, the Phoenix Suns at 9.2, at 4. They're number 4, and then the Atlanta Hawks at 9-0, right? So the Sixers, the ingredient that we're seeing is they're basically winning by effort, and defense, effort, defense, effort is one of those things, and teamwork as well, like effort, one of those things, you go out there, you grab rebounds, you hustle, you do all the things that you have to do, fourth in the league in that rebounds, now, as far as playing unselfish ball, making, giving up good shots for great shots, there you go with the assists, third in the league at 27.2. And then defense. You know, the Sixers are tied for second in blocks at 7-0 per game. And then defense. Tenacity, getting after it, never quitting. That's where you come down to the steals at 11.4. So when you look at it, the Sixers are doing everything they have to do to, to win these games to remain um, 
a defensive force and all that. Because here's the thing about the Sixers. We can look at the games as much, and we see a common thing. This team hasn't gelled yet offensively. They're getting better. The players are, but they haven't really gelled yet. But they keep winning by doing them the little things. Effort, tenacity, getting after it, after, after it. Grabbing rebounds, playing team ball. And then next thing you know, in the fourth quarter, they come out and they outperform their, their opponents. They wear them down with their style of play. You know, they do. And when we get back after this break, I'm going to talk about a player who, man, he's having a heck of a campaign. He needs to get more pub than he's receiving because he has been the man. And we'll be right back to talk about it. All right, y'all. Matisse Seibel has been balling, right? Matisse has been the guy. I mean, you look at Matisse Seibel. I mean, we're talking about defense. We're talking about um, steals. We're talking about block shots. You know, we're, we're talking about all these things. And when you look at a guy like Matisse, right, Matisse is the league. <laughs> He's the league's best defender at this particular stage of his career. I know some people may say I'm, I'm going out on a limb and saying that and it's crazy, but I haven't seen anyone in my, I haven't seen anyone who is as good as he is at right now. Matisse is leading the league. Get this, y'all. Matisse Feibel is leading the league at 2.8 steals per game. Now, again, he's a rookie. So can this stuff hold up? He's a rookie. His teammate, Ben Simmons, is second in the league at 2.6 steals per game. Now, the thing about Matisse is he doesn't start really playing defense until his guy gets past him. It's kind of like he gambles, he does this, and then he just stalks you down. And he'll block your shot from behind. He'll strip you from behind. He'll do a lot of different things from you on the defensive end. I remember they were playing in Detroit. And if I brought this up before, I apologize. But they're playing in De Detroit. Tim Frazier gets by him. And Tim Frazier is rushing layups, just throwing the ball up. Tim was scared that Matisse was going to come and block his shot or strip him. That's the kind of factor that Matisse Seibel has. You know, he is a solid player. I mean, he is. And he's part of the reason why the 76ers has this huge defensive identity. You know, in the past, Ben Simmons, when he went to defend, he could. He could. You know, 6'10", he could guard at different positions. You know, Joel Embiid, it was one of those things where Joel, when they took him out of the game, you saw a huge drop-off on the defensive end, right? You know, but now they have Matisse. Not only do they have Matisse, 
They have been, you know, you have Josh Richardson, who's a quality, a superior defender, more than a quality. He's a superior defender as well. I mean, he's tied for 18th in steals on a defensive end, right? So, you know, so when you got one, two, and a guy that's tied for 18 with 1.6 steals per game. But his job may be a little bit tougher just because he's guarding point guards. He's, you know, doing stuff like that. But Matisse, I've never seen this play anything like this before. And I think that he's part of the reason. Because you because you see it. You see that you got a guy that's buying in. You have a guy that wants to give his all on a defensive end, and that becomes contagious. It does. You got this guy showing people up, and then guys are like, well, you know what? If the rook is doing it, I guess I got to get after it too. And that's what's happening. So you, so when you look at the Sixers' success, you know, you have to say the Matisse Fievel effect. But I'm telling you, this team right now, I don't think they have, and I said this before, that they have binded and gelled yet on the offensive end. We're still trying to find it. I mean, let's face it, right now, Tobias Harris and Al Horford are way better offensive players when Joel Embiid doesn't play. And uh, you understand it because Embiid is the the franchise player, so he's going to get most of the shots. But the Sixers have to find a way to get these guys more involved when Joel Embiid does play. So with that being said, I'm saying they still trying to figure it out on the offensive end. We all know all three of them can, can score and do what they can do, but we have to figure, the Sixers have to figure out a way to make them all coexist and get the best out of all of them when they're all out there on the floor. So when you factor in that and you say to yourself that this team is 5-0 and and they're winning games because of the intangibles that are consistent, rebounding, Sharing the ball with assists, blocking shots, and steals. I'm telling you, this team is going to be tough to beat once they get it all together. But since I said it before, and I went out on a limb and said it, they still need to get a scorer off the bench. Not a shooter, because they have one. I mean, a shooter would be great. But I think they, they think that they have one in Furkan. They can always upgrade, but they need someone that you can just spread the floor and say, let's go get these buckets. Now, they have been proving me wrong, but you must know that this is the regular season. And as I said, even if somebody steps up, (laughs) I got to go down with my my initial statement. But I'm going to thank you all for listening and have a great day. And I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Peace.